showtime. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Howard Drew Karsh, and this is Real Estate with Howard Drew Karsh. The whole idea of this podcast is to interview people. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, my own background is I was a salesperson for 20 years before starting a real estate company that, that I'm a co-founder in. Um, I've also been a two-term member of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board of Directors. I've also been on the Real Estate Council of Ontario, their board of directors, and I um, am a member of the board of directors of the company I started. The company was started by myself, Arthur Bartram, and Ron Petticord. When we started our company, we had zero agents. Uh, now, um, in 2020, the end of 2020, we have over 5,000. So it's been a very successful business. And along the way, I've met really interesting people. So a part of that is why we're doing this podcast. Um, it's not your typical podcast. Uh, I, I found uh, talking to real estate people, talking to brokers, talking to development people, and talking to people around the business, like our first guest, um, really interesting about how do you succeed? How do you overcome roadblocks and setbacks and disappointment and rejection? And how do you keep going until you're successful? Uh, my own situation in, in our business was... Um, Recruiting in the real estate business is very important. So whether I was a manager or managing different branches or whether I was president or whether I was broker of record, I was always focused on the recruiting side. So I understand the rejection and the difficulties. Um, now I'm going to move on to, in my opinion, um, one of my favorite people, um, Tony Wong, who has spent a career in journalism. He was with, uh, he is or was with the Toronto Star, he'll correct me on whether he is or was. Uh, but when I knew Tony, his focus was real estate. And I'm guessing, and maybe he can remind me how long ago, but it's at least, might be 20 years. Um, but we just had fun. He, he would be um, calling me when he needed quotes. Uh, when I was available, um, I would give him a quote. When I wasn't available, he'd make it up himself. That's how well we knew each other. So with no uh, further ado, Tony Wong, welcome to Real Estate with Howard Drew Karsh. Thank you, Cousin Howard. When uh, we, when just to make clear, uh, we call each other cousins, but we're not actual cousins, but we might as well be. Well, I was going to get into how that started. Um, I have a cousin, Barry Leon, who um, just loved Kaplansky's. Kaplansky's uh, is no longer in business, but um, Zane Kaplansky had a terrific smoked meat shop at uh, College of Spadina. And I think what happened was uh, we invited Tony, and somewhere along the line, I was calling Barry Cousin Barry, then we started calling Tony Cousin Tony. And when you look at Tony and I, I, I think you can see the resemblance. So um, <laughs> it, it sticks. So how much of this should we talk about smoked meat, and how much should we talk about your career? I think it's really 90% smoked meat. Uh, <laughs> okay. you know, the, the rest is gravy. All right. Good, good analogy. So let me ask this, Tony. Um, Tell me about how you how you grew up and where where you started and sort of just the beginning of your career. Like, what was what were your parents like? What was your early years like? Well, I grew up a lot in, in all places, Montego Bay, uh, Jamaica, and it was it was it was a, a an incredible existence, really, because I mean, you know, I'm ethnically my parents uh, immigrated from China in 1950 when Mao came into power. They they didn't know where the heck they really were going at the time. Um, they ended up in Jamaica. Um, I, I lived above a tiny little grocery store like many Chinese kids. Um, and so the existence was kind of like, you know, half Marley and half Mao. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, dinner was amazing. You'd have, um, you know, uh, noodles and jerk pork. So it, it, we, it, we were doing fusion before we even knew what fusion was. Okay. Um, also, when you were growing up, you told me your brother um, was very involved in a, in a, a, a let's call it a, a benefit to the community, a health benefit. And he had an interesting uh, title, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, my brother. Yeah. I mean, he used to live in New York. Okay. He went back to Jamaica and he sat on the AIDS uh, hospice of Jamaica. And at the time, there was an AIDS crisis. So he created a condom brand, except my mom didn't know. So, you know, a decade later, I, I take my mom back home and she sees a storeroom uh, of condoms, probably $100,000 worth of rubbers, <laughs> and uh, completely freaks out. I, I don't know what happened after that because... Um, my wife and I ran to the nearest sandals and, you know, he became the condom king of the Caribbean, but he might as well have been the crack cocaine king of the uh, Caribbean, according to my mom. <laughs> All right. Um, in your career, um, you know, there's a lot of things that come into play. Uh, luck, uh, hard work, um, serendipity. Um, why did you choose the career of, of journalism? How did you start? How did you start in that career? Well, uh, you know, I was probably the only Chinese kid in school who couldn't add. So really, uh, this was a default uh, um, by, by, by any means. But no, I, I, actually, I always knew I loved to write. Um, I did an undergraduate degree in English uh, at University of Toronto. Then I did my graduate degree in journalism at, at Ryerson. And, and I'm, since then, I've been at Star for about 30 years. Mm. And, you know, I've been really lucky because I went through that whole sort of uh, golden uh, generation where print really uh, was thriving and, and made a difference. Mm-hmm. When, when you when you started in the career, and I know you, I know that you uh, you've also helped a friend of mine, a, a friend of mine, Michael Sachs. He's a lawyer. His son was interested um, in becoming uh, involved in journalism, and I remember you were kind enough to meet with them. Uh, do you remember what you told them? Someone interested starting out. That was got to be. 30 years ago, maybe 20, 30. Years. David, didn't he do a, a brilliant book on delis? That's right. And, he, he, and a, a documentary. He did both. He did a book that was right. based on delis that are closing up all over. Um, and uh, there, I, I think I'm on uh, a Facebook site about delis. So uh, uh, you and I have searched Toronto for anything equivalent to the, uh, to the Kaplanskis, and you were able to find one in the north end of the city. But um, I think the main thing that interests me is you know, when you get into a career like journalism, it's so competitive and you've been able to, you know, move. I know you started in real estate and I remember uh, your shows. A lot of your um, a lot of your programs were were um, when you would go on junkets to to um, to the U.S. I think that was a part of what you did as well uh, when you're covering entertainment. Am I correct? Yeah. I, you know, I've been really lucky because I've, I've covered everything from you know, business and economics and, and real estate and uh, to politics, Queens Park and City Hall, mm-hmm. uh, to arts and entertainment. Um, it's, it's, you know, working in a newspaper is fantastic. It's, it's being essentially in a department store, right? And you're working in different sections of, a, of that department store and, and kind of learning uh, as you go along. Um, and I, I think you end up hopefully being, you know, a little more informed, uh, you know, um, at, at the end of the day. You know, one of the things about business in general, and, and I think it doesn't, it translates well into uh, any business, including journalism, is the importance of things like taking risks, you know, where you take a risk and it works out, uh, or you take a risk and it doesn't work out. Um, how important was taking risks for you? Um, 
Well, you know, ju- just showing up uh, and, and working uh, in print is a risk. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see, um, the, the, the business is is in real turmoil. I mean, there, there's massive disruption with within the digital age. I, I think it's it's kind of funny because uh, when radio first came uh, into being, um, they thought that was was existential. Uh, you know, in terms of a threat to newspapers, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then TV came along; they thought that was the existential threat, and and so when um, the internet came along, newspapers kind of laughed and said that thing will never work. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, uh, this is where we are today. I mean, the Star is the largest newspaper in Canada, but it's it's a greatly uh, diminished voice and reach because we have so many other uh, areas that we you know there, there's so much selection now. I remember, and we're all in our little own bubbles. And I remember you and I talked about it, and you said this could be the downfall. You know, when when the internet uh, started to be involved with um, a source of news, and you you saw it way back then. Like I don't think you're surprised, and you know, I'm sure you've seen people who you worked with no longer in the business. So you know, to to your credit, you've survived all of that. Well, yeah, you know, even you know, a, a decade ago, it was the, the writing did look like it was on the wall. I mean. The Star uh, bought a printing press in Vaughan for, I think, close to $400 million. Um, you don't need $400 million to have the same reach as the Toronto Star. You can go on Substack or in any other uh, sort of app and create your own newspaper. And it'll, it'll cost you pennies, not $400 million. And, I, and you know, I think that's the big game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, what about things? Uh, to me, there's a couple of things that really strike me as important in, in um, you're looking at business careers is loyalty. Um, has that played any part in your success? Um, I think so. I mean, the star has been incredibly good to me and I have had opportunities over the years, obviously. I mean, who stays at one place uh, for 34 years? That just doesn't happen anymore. Mm. But, um, you know, it's it's it, there's always been sort of a family feel to the star that um, I think few corporations really have. And I think that's part of the reason uh, why I've stayed so long. And also the opportunity it's given me to, to work in different sections. You know, I, although real estate was definitely uh, perhaps one of the most uh, fun things, especially covering it in the 80s and the 90s, um, where, where I met you guys. And that's actually what I want to get back to in, in a couple minutes, that, that, that part of your career. Um, but the other thing is, if you were to look back um, at yourself um, as a 20-year-old, now that you've been through this career, what what things would you tell yourself that that might make a difference, if anything? Wow, um, I, I found geez. that question somewhere else. I just thought it was such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tell myself a lot. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't eat too many donuts. Um, watch a, your blood pressure, right? Uh, you know, exercise. Um, I don't do any of these things. And, and, and of course, um, I, I practically opened a, a convenience store in my guest bedroom during and, the pandemic with, with you know, 100 bags of chips. And I, I know it's going to be a long, uh, I, 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 I know how long-winded you are, uh, Cousin Howard. So I, I brought coffee uh, as well as, I'm, uh, for those not, not, not on the Zoom cast, I'm holding up cups of giant McDonald's coffee well, here. So, um, so listen, also, on, on, on that part of your, cream, of oh, hey, wait a second. <clears throat> now you're talking uh, now you've got everything people need. Donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts, that is, and coffee. Donuts uh, and coffee. That's, that's all you really need at the end of the day. Oh, listen, it's good. What about this? And again, it's about a career. Uh, do you have any regrets 
um, in your career? Anything you thought, gee, I should have or I shouldn't have done that? Um, I, I have a zillion regrets. I mean, the, the only thing is I've had a pretty linear, uh, because I've stayed at really one place, I've had a pretty linear uh, experience in the sense that um, I've all been in one ecosystem. And because the Star is the largest newspaper, there really isn't anywhere else. Well, I mean, you, you can move laterally, but there really isn't anywhere else in terms of uh, the print world. Mm -hmm. And especially with uh, the Internet, it turned out that uh, you don't have to be stuck in the print world because even though uh, you might be a print journalist, um, you know, you still have to do radio hits. You still have to do uh, television. When I was a television critic, I was, you know, doing regular hits on CTV or CBC, um, talking about film and television. So it really became this kind of multimedia experience, and it wasn't as siloed uh, as it could be. So even though um, the internet killed the newspaper, it also expanded the horizons for all journalists because now you had to be you couldn't do just radio or just print it really was a multimedia experience you know the other thing is um and i guess this relates back to business because i know in our business we've had to overcome challenges um again this isn't my quote but i just love this quote um every business starts out with a business plan and perhaps even as a journalist you had a plan and uh, mike tyson had a great line which you know i'm sure is everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face so have there been situations in your career where you've had to adapt, where you thought, oh, that wasn't what I expected, but I've had to adapt to changes? Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, the, the, when the Internet came along, we, uh, actually the entire business and myself personally uh, didn't know what to do. The Star, for example, thought, well, everybody's using an app, so let's uh, go make an app, an iPad app. And we spent $35 million uh, building this app. And it failed miserably. Wow. You know, we threw 35 million, which is not chump change. Right. Uh, uh, so, yeah, there, there were so many failures along the way. And, and we're still all trying to learn uh, how this works. At the end of the day, though, you know what? The only thing I'd really tell myself, going back to that initial question you asked, is I wish I just bought more condos. Because that, I'd be okay. <laughs> That's right. Listen, as an agent, I wish I'd bought two bungalows. And, and that, that would have been <laughs> but enough. Do you remember when condos were a dirty word? Uh, especially yes. after the crash of 89? You, nobody would touch a condo. And I, I and I talked to my nieces and nephews today. And they think, yeah, we got to go buy a condo. And I'm going, wow. You I know, remember um, that. 20 years ago, you, you would never look at a condo. I because of, of, of anybody who experienced that 89 experience. That, and as, as we all know, the market went down straight for seven years after that. I remember. But they, they, they don't have that memory. No, but I remember how you would focus on those kind of things, right? Because it's part of real estate. Um, this is what I want to get to, because this is what the fun part was um, in terms of you as a real estate journalist. Um, for, for example, you recently sent me pictures of you and Donald Trump and, and Donald Jr. and you know, the relationships you've had with people in our industry. I mean, it's just, I mean, no single agent would have met all the people you've met. Um, um, and there, there's some highlights that strike me. Um, just, just tell me in your, I guess in your own opinion, uh, what are the things that, of the people you met when you were, you know, doing like, you know, the most senior business people in the country, who were the ones that really impressed you? Um, or what were the stories that you liked doing with these people? 
Well, there was this guy named Howard Drukarsh <laughs> who went from nothing right. to 5,000 plus agents representing more than 10% of the Toronto Real Estate Board. How crazy is that? Right. You know, I mean, you know, Tony, you let me are say a perfect example. It's a but, cra- it's uh, crazy out know, there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right. there there have been so many um, examples. I think when I started in real estate, uh, I was really covering it from a corporate end. So I was really trying to figure out what is Cadillac Fairview doing? What is Oxford Properties doing in the retail segment and and and, and um, you know, the commercial office space uh, ecosystem? But then what really interested me a lot uh, was the flip side of that, right? Of the, the residential real estate. I thought people could really relate to that more. This was before the advent of, of you know, massive HGTV and, and, and house porn that we have today. This, this is where we kind of explored uh, who these agents were selling these homes, who, who these people who uh, own these homes. And so um, that really was interesting to me because it, it really told a story. And the agents were more interesting than the homes themselves, mm. you know. Um, so what about name dropping? Like, who are, who are some of the senior business people that you interviewed along your way? Um, well, you know, for example, Donald Trump opened up a hotel in, in, in Toronto. And um, actually, it's uh, the Trump, where the Trump Hotel was, it's now St. Regis, uh, with, at Bay and Wellington in Toronto. Uh, it was originally slated in 2000 to be uh, a Ritz-Carlton. Um, uh, but I ended up writing a story saying the partner uh, of Marriott, who owns the Ritz-Carlton, was wanted for fraud uh, and was eventually extradited to the United uh, States. Uh, so when I wrote that front page story, Marriott, um, you know, didn't actually know this at the time. And they, they, they freaked out and they dropped, uh, they, they, they dropped the, the, the Ritz development at Bain Wellington. Mm-hmm. At that point, uh, it was picked up by Trump and a Canadian developer, Alex Schneider. Mm-hmm. And there you have it. Uh, the Trump Hotel ended up in Toronto. Uh, thanks to me. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> how, how much thanks did you think, how much thanks did you get over the years for helping him out that way? You know what? I, I didn't even get a thank you note from Donald. I did interview him three times, though, uh, before he became president. Um, and, the, 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 you know, the first time he told me he, he actually owned a good portion of the Trump Hotel, which turned out to be uh, not so true because it was really a licensing deal, uh, which was okay in a way back then. He was a developer, but now he's 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 still the president of the United States as we speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember uh, one day I was uh, at the office. I think it was at the Royal Page J&D office at the time. That's the broker I was with. And I remember you called me up and said, hey, Trump's in town. Uh, he's doing an interview at City Hall. Do you want to come down? You know, come down and see. So I remember, uh, you know, you, you, you know, kind of got me in as a cub reporter, you know, an old one <laughs> and, you know, watch, you know, watch the scrum as they call it. And, you know, I think back how people really looked up to him as a developer, you know, talk about a change. I mean, I don't want to get into politics, of course, but uh, I know that was one of uh, one of the big ones that you interviewed. Who else? What about Canadian senior CEOs and developers? You mentioned Alex Schneider. Oh, yeah. Alex Schneider uh, was at the time the youngest uh, billionaire um, in, in, in Canada. He was the, the guy behind uh, the Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting guy. Um, we have, um, but, but there's so many. Um, uh, Peter Gilgan, of course, is um, the largest 
housing developer in Canada. Another, I mean, all these guys are so fascinating, right? Because they're creating um, businesses that uh, on, on such a scale that it's really mind-boggling. Now, Trump, whatever you say about Trump, for example, um, he understood marketing. You know, um, he might not have understood math, but he understood marketing. <laughs> and, and, and I, uh, you know, and all these guys bring something to the table. So I'm actually right now at, at, at Rudy Giuliani's Four, to, four Seasons uh, Total <laughs> Landscaping. I, I, I don't know if you noticed that sign behind me on my Zoom background. But this is, why this we, is where, uh, you know, we're going to contest the election, the, the is, Toronto Real Estate Board election. This is why yeah. we're such good friends. Uh, you know, the, humor's, the humor surpasses your journalism, journalistic skills. Um, <laughs> You know, for for me, this was an important interview because we've known each other so long. And even though, you know, it's not about a real estate agent. I mean, you are the person if, you know, if you were to itemize all of the senior people in real estate that you've interviewed um, and and know is is there. I mean, it's all about I mean, I know from our own company, overcoming challenges is everything in business, being adaptable. Um because it's not a straight line. It's not, you know, here's here's where I am, here's where I'm going to end up, and it's just going to be like a 45-degree angle. So all of the people you, you met and interviewed, uh, was there anything you saw common in them that uh, you go, wow, it's it's all the same? Or, or were they all oh, different? You, you, you mean, it, oh, yeah, just tenacity. And, and the thing is, with, with real estate, what was interesting is you, you didn't necessarily have to, you know, come from a family of developers, um, you know, um, you, you can be, you know, I think some of the skill sets that you take, uh, you know, work in, 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 in any arena. One of the smartest guys I know is, is um, Phil Soper, who used to work with at Royal LePage, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he, his background was technology. I thought he's a brilliant uh, CEO. Um, he didn't know a lot about real estate when he came in, but he really uh, modernized real estate, yeah. uh, you know, for the tech age. Um, Brian Johnson was an accountant. Um, it's always good to know numbers. Uh, but all these guys are, are just really smart. Yeah. Um, they, they, they understand incisively. You know, uh, development is, is, is really interesting, right? Because it's not quite uh, pure science. There's a little bit of art to it. There's, a, you know, there, there, there's so many different disciplines, architecture and uh, accounting and zoning and politics um, and, and that's why it's so exciting because all this kind of coalesces into this this one thing, and, and, and then you, you either have a great building or, or maybe not. And I, I think that's why it's exciting. You know, it's interesting. One of the things someone said to me once about um, success is you have to be able to see around corners because you've got to see where where other people can't see things. Uh, mentioning Phil Soper, uh, Phil and I know each other pretty well. Um, we've we're both amateur musicians. Uh, we've done some charity events together. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of the successful people, um, uh, the head of Daniels Corporation, he's also an amateur musician. I find this musician thing, I think what it is, it's, it's a terrific stress reliever for people. And uh, I'm fascinated. Uh, um, uh, Mike Weckerly, like, you know, um, uh, Kevin... Um, uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, all are musicians. Uh, and I think that's the thing I found fascinating. When I was involved with our company uh, and being responsible for so much, there really needs to be um, an opportunity to you know, let go. And, and I just found a lot of the people I met at the senior levels were, were like, you know, like music like I did. Um, but you, you know what? 
Howard, I, I think that's so important because what you're 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 saying is that these guys are are creative, you know, right. using music, and you got to be creative to make deals, right? Yeah. And and the music is just another expression of that creativity. Yeah, actually, it's Mitchell Cohen. I was thinking of it, Daniels. Mitch Cohen, great guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I my whole idea with meeting with you today was I wanted to kick off the series. The first uh, the first podcast was me talking about my background, but I found that of all the people I've known in the business of real estate and obviously a little outside, I just think you've had the most incredible career. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have you come back and we, we can talk uh, about some other parts of your business. But for now, I really want to say thanks for taking the time away from your um, sour cream chips <laughs> that you, <laughs> your friend was nice enough. And the other things in your confectionery at home. Um, it's a pleasure, Tony. I really appreciate it. You know, like everyone's saying, please stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Cousin Howard. And, and uh, smoked meat sandwiches are on me next time. Perfect. Thanks, Tony. All the best. Take care. Okay. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. And if you did, please share it with friends, relatives, coworkers. Um, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at info at re with hgh.com. That's info at re with hd.com. You can let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, any suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about our podcast, you can visit www.rewithhd.com. Um, this has been something that we've worked on for some time, and I really want to thank the company of RioCast, the people producing our podcast, for the great work they've done. And I want to leave everyone with a thought because, you know, right now we're dealing with difficult times. So... I think important is be kind, be kind to other people. And of course, stay safe and we'll see you on our next podcast. Thanks everybody.